Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Aaron Smith. Aaron is a photographer based in Los Angeles, California, specializing in lifestyle, fashion, and portrait photography. Aaron got his start in photography as a staff photographer for Skateboarder Magazine, where he photographed some of the best skateboarders in the world. In this interview, I speak to Aaron about how he got into photography, some of his first assignments, as well as his approach to motion work. Aaron has shot commercially for clients such as Apple, Google, Netflix, Disney, and Bud Light, to name a few. This interview was a real pleasure to do, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Aaron Smith, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up, and like, how did you kind of get into photography initially? Yeah, so I grew up in Kansas City, um, born in Kansas City, Missouri, and grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, let's see, originally got into photography. I mean, my parents kind of had cameras when I was growing up, and they would bring them around like on trips and stuff, and then um, then just took a, uh, a class in high school when I was a junior, my first, or the first half of my junior year was my first photo class. Oh, nice. It's and then it's like darkroom stuff and whatnot. Yeah. All film. Yeah. There's barely any digital at that point. Um, and then, well, I, I think there was, there was like a, the Canon 10 D that was out at the time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and then in, uh, senior year, I remember telling my teacher that photography is like what I wanted to do. It took like just a year to like kind of figure it out. But I remember feeling really, shy and awkward to tell him because I wasn't sure if that's like a real thing. And, um, but then he turned me on to like, um, art colleges and all that kind of stuff. So, Oh, well, that's high school that's, when it started. That's good, man. You kind of already knew like pretty early on what you wanted to do, um, for a career, I guess kind of takes a lot of people a long time, but that's good. You kind of, you were pretty excited about it and knew what you kind of wanted to do from the get go. Um, yeah. Did you kind of have yeah, a felt, goal, did you have like a goal in mind of the type of photographer you wanted to be at that point? Yeah, um, you know, that early on, not really. I mean, I, I grew up skateboarding and I still skate and, um, I grew up with, uh, this one skateboarder called named Sean Malta, who was really oh, yeah. kind of coming up at the time, like becoming well-known getting the magazines and everything. So since he was a friend of mine and I picked up a camera, it just, I just started photographing skateboarding just cause that's what I was doing all day. And from then, like I got my first photo in a magazine in high school. Um, and it's, I remember that it was just, just shooting skateboarding just felt so natural. And, um, but I wasn't sure it just seemed too, not necessarily easy to do it, but like picking up a camera and then photographing the first thing that's in front of you and then telling yourself, oh, this is it, without experiencing the rest of it, just felt like, you know, I need to experience it. So um, so then I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia, and then my first some, or first year, I, d- I did that in Savannah, Georgia, where there was really no skateboarding at the time. Like, I think maybe four or five people skated there, and I remember getting magazines down there, or skate magazines, and just really missing it so much because I shot so much of it when I was in high school, just being around my friends. And then in um, my next 
with a sophomore year of college, I moved to Atlanta. Dad has a, a campus in Savannah, Atlanta. Okay. I think Hong Kong now and in Lacoste, France. That's oh, wow. a little thing over there too. So I moved to Atlanta and that's cause that's where a much bigger skate scene was. And that's basically all I went after. Yeah. While I was in, that's awesome. So like her college. So when you kind of this first started off, like in high school, like skateboarding was kind of the first stuff you were kind of photographing when you started out pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, you know, um, friends I did like, I don't, I do not want to call it fashion cause it wasn't, but girls, in dresses or something but it wasn't it was all black and white and kind of gritty and i can remember i took this girl and she had like a white dress and i put like a what is it like a face mask like if you're like sanding or something on her and we were like in this abandoned building i don't know stuff like that yeah it's always it's always interesting like looking back at your old photos like when you first start um i still have all mine and it's this funny kind of uh i remember this is pretty funny i remember looking at slap magazine back in the day and uh mm-hmm. joe joe brook and uh, the other photographers they had like they were doing like the filed negative carrier so you could kind of see the borders of the film and oh, stuff yeah and i, I uh-huh. at that point i didn't know how they did that at all because i really hadn't worked in a dark room so i thought i literally took my negatives and was like <laughs> i think i was like taking like <gasps> sandpaper and trying to sc- like say sa- literally like scanning the sides of it. i was like this is must be how they do it <laughs> like it's like uh it's just funny like looking back at the early stuff you do you know um it's just... oh man <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i remember we sanded down negatives in in high school and i loved high school for the i don't know the when I got into photography, like my photo teacher was great. And then I started shooting for the newspaper and he was great. Mm. Um, two separate teachers. And I remember the newspaper, um, I convinced him somehow to buy two flashes and a wireless, like it was like a radio or it, no, it was infrared. Okay. So it was kind of more earlier on, um, told him to buy that because it'd be really good for newspaper photos and, we do all this stuff, but all I wanted to do was shoot skating with yeah. it. And I convinced him to buy it. And I think maybe we used it three times for the actual school. And then I just kept, I didn't keep them forever, but yeah. I kept them while I was at, at school and just shot skateboarding with it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's an interesting yeah. thing about shooting skateboarding, I think, is that it kind of forces you to shoot like, um, you start to shoot like documentary style, then like portraits and then like, I mean, back mm-hmm. then everyone was using like strobes a lot, so you kind of you kind of pull from a lot of different areas shooting skateboarding when you kind of start out because it's just so much to shoot, you know. Um, it's always I always yeah. enjoyed it, and I feel like it gives you this kind of a weird perspective on photography a little bit, where it, it I mean it's almost like advertising photography where there are set rules. You know, you can to to shoot a trick, you should shoot it from this way. You should shoot it from so you can see his face and like yeah. the right catch or, you know, there's all these certain rules for all these different tricks. So there's our parameters mm-hmm. for you to, to fall in, but then you can kind of do whatever you want inside those parameters. And then it's all about getting that decisive moment, that one moment of the trick. So it's kind of, I don't know. I think it steered my photography in an interesting way, especially in the beginning that like, I remember I showed a portfolio to one of my uh, college teachers and she's like this, seems like a best of album. That's what this feels like. You know, like if an artist put together a best of or a musician and that's kind of like photographing skateboarding is that 
if you're just documenting the tricks, it's, you're just photographing. And like, that's what you grew up just shooting. It, you almost shoot like just the best of moments, you know? Yeah. Like the, pin, like the pinnacle tricks and whatnot. Um, all that kind right. Of stuff. Yeah. Which is like what I went after. And I mean, I did photograph my friends and everything, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, trying to get a photo in a magazine, like getting a trick in the magazine was like the ultimate thing for me. Yeah. What was that first photo? I know you mentioned you got a photo in the magazine when you were in high school. Um, what, what magazine, yeah. was, what magazine was it? And what was the photo of? It was actually an ad. So Sean, uh, rode for this clothing company called analog mm. and it was an ad in I think it was the skateboard mag or I forget which I know it was in the skateboard mag. I don't know if it ran in any other ones, but for anyone that listens to this, that comes from skateboarding, they'll appreciate this, but oh, yeah. it's Sean front crooks, this like 11 or 12 tear rail or something like that. And I think it was one of its first front crooks that he ever did on a rail. Wow. And I remember when we were there, he did it third try or something like that. And then, and then he, I mean, we're getting into skateboarding weeds here, but then he nolly front boarded it. Yep. And the most impressive thing, even to this day that I think I've seen is that he rolled up to that trick for like 30 minutes after he front corrected, just couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And then finally just stepped, like waited back there, took a breath and he's like, all right. And he just does it first try, wow. which is just so impressive. And he was probably 13 at the time or Damn. something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. That's wild. And, even like back then, because that's probably what, like, what do you figure? That's like ten years ago, maybe more. It was two thousand five. Yeah, so like the that was before yeah. pre like Instagram and everything. So magazines kind of it, it was more exciting back then. Not that they're not exciting now, but like, it, it, yeah, you didn't see as much content. So like anytime any skater put out like a a great ad, it was always just such a treat. Because nowadays it's just so much stuff to look at. But yeah, that, that's totally yeah that, yeah. That, I feel like skateboarding was like a mystery when you were a kid that you like could barely see into, you know, you got the videos like once a year or twice a year and then the magazine now it's just so saturated. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think it is about like skateboarding? You enjoy photographing. Um, do you still get to photograph a lot of skating now? And what do you kind of enjoy about it? You think? Um, no, I don't, I don't photograph much skateboarding now, but I think when I did, um, just skateboarding had always been such a huge part of my life. You know, I like, I lost like girlfriends to it and, you know, different, well, not really friendships because all my friends skated, but it was everything that I wanted to do. And I was just so obsessed with it. And then I became obsessed with photography and they just married each other. And then Hmm. just the goal of, you know, getting into magazines and becoming like a staff photographer and meeting all these pro skateboarders, it just felt so exciting and it felt like I could do it. And so that's, all I focused on. And I mean, I was interested in photographing some other things mm. like in college, but skateboarding was, if, if I could do skateboarding for a certain project, I would. Yeah. And I, I just think that it was just overtook my life, you know, in yeah. a good way. Yeah, definitely, man. That's, yeah. That's awesome. And I, I guess just to go back a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I know you mentioned you went to SCAD in uh, Savannah. Um, what kind of, mm-hmm. what made you decide to go there over anywhere else? Um, was there a particular reason and uh, how do you feel that kind of experience was going to school at SCAD? Yeah. So um, my mom, when I was a, what was it? Right after my sophomore year of high school, mm. uh, moved to Georgia. And I stayed in Kansas City. I actually lived like in an apartment by myself for my senior year, which was, which was good. Um, but 
from there, um, my mom was kind of pushing me to move to move to Georgia. And she looked up this school and she said, you should go here. You know, it's right down. Well, it's not really down the street, but at least it's in the same state. Yeah. And um, so I looked into that and I also applied at the Kansas City Art Institute. Mm-hmm. And SCAD offered me like a big scholarship and the Kansas City Art Institute, Art Institute didn't. And then also the SCAD had studios with like the digital Hasselblads and like all this lighting <laughs> gear and all this, like just, it was so exciting. Like, and then yeah. the Kansas city art Institute was just much more like artsy. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Cause the commercial photography has always been something that I wanted to do. You mm-hmm. know, I never really considered myself like an artist. I wanted to like make a living and yeah. you know, do this. And so when SCAD, you know, offered me a scholarship and then had all that, high-tech stuff i was like oh that's it that's where i'm going that's awesome man and how do you feel that that experience was um what kind of stuff were you photographing when you're in school there um i think it was a good experience i think i could have taken better advantage of it Mm -hmm. um just being just wanting to photograph skateboarding forever um you know like i said i would try to do that for every single project so i feel like i really didn't take full advantage of what scad had to offer um, and when I was in school, I was already, you know, selling photos and doing, I mean, it was all just within skateboarding, but mm-hmm. I was like making money off of my photography and, and, you know, selling photos to companies, selling photos to magazines. So I already felt like I was already doing it. And sometimes I just felt like I just need to get through college just so I can move to California and do this for a living. You know, I just kind of wanted to expedite the process, yep. which looking back on it was a terrible idea. And, um, mm. but I think, you know, when teachers forced me to photograph other things, that was important to me, you know, like portraits or, um, or more fashion related things or just different projects like that. But I definitely geared way too much towards skateboarding. Yeah. I feel you. I was kind of like that until I went to school at RIT in Rochester, New York, and I was the same way. I did so many projects on skating. Um, but then, yeah. but then slowly you start to learn a little bit about like the kind of the history of photography. Like I remember the first time I saw Richard Avedon, yeah. I saw Richard Avedon like in the West or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. It just like blew my mind. Uh, yeah. Um, were there like any photographers yeah. like outside of skating you kind of started to learn about and you kind of looked up to it all? Man. Um, well, side note, one of my favorite teachers was from Rochester, New York, that or lived there. Oh. Uh, Forrest McMullen, if he listens. Oh, to I, I had up. a yeah, I had a class with him. That guy's awesome. No. <laughs> yeah, man, I That's had it. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he was uh, one of my main teachers in Scott Atlanta. Wow. He was like we. He kind of took me under his wing. Like I would, you know, hang out in his office, and like he would really. We would talk about photography, and he was kind of like you know, my college dad. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, but photographers, uh, photographers that I've liked, I mean, there's like Andy Leibowitz. I think anyone, once, once they first see her work is like just blown away by it. Um, man, who else? Um, Oh, Henry Cartier-Bresson that I fell in love with him. Mm. Did like the few projects on him. Um, I think of other ones. I don't know, but kind of how you were saying, like learning the history of photography. I had a really great history, photo history teacher that was just explained it in so much detail. And even like the events that were happening, you know, like when you would talk about 
you know, photographers during the, maybe the twenties or, or early 1900s, you know, he would talk like, talk about, and this is when World War One was going on. Then you kind of break and make, do you guys know why World War One even started? And then he would go into that. And so it gives you more context and, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think it's important to kind of learn the history of it. You can kind of learn a lot and kind of mm-hmm. apply it to your own work. Um, but yeah. I guess like once you kind of finished SCAD, um, what did you kind of do after that? What was kind of your first step uh, once you finished school? Where you, did you just kind of focus on skating and what was kind of your next step? Yeah, so um, my girlfriend, who is my wife now, mm-hmm. we started dating in, in college and so right when I finished, she finished like a year before I did. But right when I finished, we both moved to California because that's both of us is where we wanted to be. And um, so we moved to Long Beach, California. That was kind of close to her work. She worked as like a graphic designer at um, Perry Ellis. Nice. And I lived just a few blocks away from Cherry Park, which is like legendary. this skate park. Yeah, legendary kind of area for skating and all I did was just try to meet as many skaters as I possibly could like introduce myself to a filmer at um at a coffee shop and like just really put myself out there and try to meet as many people as possible and um kind of from there slowly started you know going out with some with some different people and shooting more skating and that just slowly kind of evolved or just kept pushing and pushing pushing Hmm. and then from there I became um, I started working for Skateboarder Magazine. Oh, wow. In, I forget, 2011, maybe? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've actually interviewed, I interviewed Ben Colin and Brian Gaberman, and uh, they both, yeah. Were they, yeah, at, yeah. were they at Skateboarder yeah. the same time you were? No, no, no they weren't, they but were big fan of both of them. Yeah, definitely. So once you got the job for Skateboarder, um, how was that experience? Um, were you kind of like getting to go on some like skate trips and stuff? And who were you kind of photographing with um, when you're working over there? Yeah. So when I started working for Skateboarder, I was shooting photos and also helping manage their website. Um, and so my first trip was to Arizona with stereo skateboards and and I think kind of WSC too. So I went with like Chris Pastris and Raymond Molinard and Ray Barbie and oh, wow. um, Christian Maloof and some, some other people. So that was the first trip. And then, um, man, I don't know, I can't remember sort of chronologically, but yeah. got a photograph cool um, contest. I like went to Tampa, went to some contests in New York. Um, I think one of the coolest parts of it is and it only happened, I only got to do it once, is basically think of a trip that you want to do, like wherever you want to go, get people involved and just go and do it. So um, a, one of my best friends from growing up, Ryan Lovell, he filmed skateboarding and I was able to get him a job with Skateboarder. Wow. And so we started, you know, working more together and we thought about let's, let's do a Europe trip, let's try to get people involved. And so then we ended up going to um, Vienna, what is it? Vienna and Prague. And then from there we went to Copenhagen to cover the contest, um, that was up there. And then, so on that, the first half of it, the Vienna and Prague, we've got Dustin Dolan, um, Chris Fanner, Tom Kay and Sean Hale Wow. and got those four guys just by calling them. I, I had only really met maybe two of those guys. 
and never met Chris Fanner, never met Dustin Dolan. And, you know, they had sponsors that were willing to pay for their ticket and pay for their hotel stays and all this. So mm. we just went out and did it. And it was, it was really, really fun. Damn, that's awesome, man. Yes. So basically, like, you guys kind of pitched the idea and then, like, uh, got the, the guy's sponsors to kind of pay for the trip? Or is that how it kind of worked? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the magazine pays for myself and then our filmer. And um, yeah, that's the way it worked then. I have no idea how it works now. <laughs> yeah. And sort of the ironic thing is that when we went on that trip, came back, had all the photos, and then so the skateboarder, Basically, Skateboarder was owned or is owned, maybe was owned by a publication company called Source Interlink. Mm. And they bought all of another publication company's group of publications. So they bought all of Transworld. Okay. And then, so when they brought, so then Transworld and now Skateboarder were under one big umbrella and they started picking and choosing who was going to survive and who wasn't. So, like, Surfer Magazine stayed alive but Transworld surf went away and skateboarder went away but Transworld survived so i mean we can get into that later but the ironic part is that we went on this epic trip in europe and the magazine went out of business before they could publish them Damn. so then i gave it to the skateboard mag and okay. they ran it oh instead. wow yeah yeah that's amazing yeah. yeah that's that's wild man um but yeah that's pretty cool you just kind of like this kind of took the initiative to like, that's kind of how within skateboarding, you kind of have to like just make stuff happen kind of out of nothing. Um, because it's, oh, I, totally. I, I think a lot of people that don't come from like skateboarding, like, uh, a lot of my friends are just like commercial photographers that haven't done that. They don't realize that like when you see a skate photo, like in a magazine where some guys are skating downtown in a rail, it's not like there's no producer and there's no permits and like, mm -hmm. there's not like this mm -hmm. whole like scouting team or whatever. It's like so different yeah. than like the way commercial photography works, which, a lot of stuff you do now um yeah it's just interesting how you just have to with skating is kind of make it happen yourself um but yeah. oh yeah and that the change between what i did then and what i do now is so drastic and yeah i mean i was in gutters and like hopping fences in the worst places <laughs> yeah in the worst places that you can go you know throwing all your gear over like a 10-foot fence and like i'm traveling with you know, a, a, a roll, like a Pelican case full of strobes, a backpack full of cameras, and then a, um, what was it, a right stand bag. So I'm carrying three bags. And I carry that through Europe, like skating, trying to follow these people yep. all throughout Europe. Like it was, yeah, skateboarding is, uh, it's yeah. much different, but I think it teaches you that hustle and to just get the job done, you yeah. know, and almost don't rely on anyone besides yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm glad I, I kind of started off. I started off shooting skating myself. I was never like staff, but I got a couple of photos in like magazines here and there. And, uh, yeah, but it's like, you do learn so much. Like I remember being like one of the first commercial jobs I ever did that I had like a producer or whatever. And we, they had this shot where they wanted like, uh, it was like a mom and a little kid and they wanted to have them walk across the street and we didn't have like a cop or someone to like direct traffic. And the lady was like having a fit, oh, fit about it. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is nothing like with skateboarding. You're like jumping yeah. over fences and just trying not to get arrested. <laughs> uh totally yeah it is different yeah worlds. that's how i approach my photography now and then you, sometimes my rep has to kind of like wean me in a little bit like <laughs> you don't tell the client you don't need an assistant like i know you could probably do it without one for yeah. this project but like 
Mm-hmm. Have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely protect yourself if you can. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess, like, um, how long did you end up staying with Skateboarder for? I think it was two years, maybe. I could be wrong. It could have been shorter, mm-hmm. but I forget. That's awesome. Maybe two years. Yeah. When, yeah. So once you kind of finish with skateboarder, I mean, I know looking at your website now, you do all types of like lifestyle and some fashion stuff and editorial and advertising. Um, were you already kind of like thinking about like doing that stuff while you were still shooting skating or did that come kind of later on? Um, so I had always been interested in photographing other things. Like even when I was working at skateboarder, I remember having the thoughts of like, shit, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, can I imagine myself like when I'm 40, still hopping fences and doing all that? And then also is this, if I want to have a family, if I want to buy a house, like, is this something that is actually even possible with what I'm doing? And even in, you know, in, in college, I was, when I would go to the bookstore, I would pull a thrasher, but also pull a Vogue, you know, and really, and just experience so much different um, photography, even if I wasn't necessarily shooting it. Um, and so when, uh, let's see, actually, while I was at skateboarder, my wife and I kind of came up with this idea to shoot, um, a, what was it? It was called boys world and it was shooting some of the brands that advertised with skateboarder, sort of a lookbook of their clothes that are meant for guys, but we shot them on a girl. And so it was sort of like a fashion shoot for escape magazine it never ran in the magazine it was just online but that was sort of my first exposure to you know having a model having hair makeup and like my wife styled it all and like pulled all the clothes from all these different brands and sponsored or that advertised with the magazine and um and luckily jamie owens the editor at skateboarder was down and interested in us doing it we made a video about it did this whole thing and so i think that was kind of my first experience with do you hear those beeping sorry uh, my no. calendar is going nuts right now no i don't cool. really hear it no, um good. okay um so that was my first experience with sort of shooting i don't want to call that fashion but i guess it is um so that and so we did two of those for skateboarder and then so when skateboarder went out of business mm. i started transitioning into shooting other things and that was a really really long process like i still shot some some skateboarding as sort of as much as I could. Like I went on a couple trips to Spain and to Poland for Thrasher and um, um, kind of talked to the barracks about working for them and just try to keep my foot in the door. And basically when I, when skateboarder went under, I reached out to all these different people that I knew in the skate industry. And it was either, we'd love to have you, but we already have someone like already have a photographer or we'd love to have you, but we have no money. Yeah. So it was, I was really just like, gosh, I don't know if I can keep this going, you know? And my wife was sick of what she was doing at the time. You know, she um, was like an art director at um, this shoe company and then worked at this, some startup fashion companies. And it was just kind of bouncing around and wasn't terribly happy with what she was doing either. Yeah. So we basically, or she came up with the idea of doing an online fashion magazine that's based, that would um, revolve around eco-friendly fashion, but shown in a way that's not hippie or boho or anything like that, like more relatable to yeah. you know, your normal person that wears clothes. Um, so we started 
planning these shoots and doing these shoots um, to build content for this website and for this. It was just an online magazine. What was it called? And um, it was called Restyler. Okay. Um, and that's actually what our company is now. That's we just she did all this work on like incorporating the name and like doing all this stuff, and so that's just what we do business as now. Nice. Um, anyway, so when we were trying to do all these shoots, finding a stylist to come on board to do it was so hard. And she, you know, she would reach out to all these different people mm. and no one was interested because no one, for one, no one had ever heard of us and no one had heard of this magazine that we're trying to start. And we really don't know anyone in this industry. And so she was like, you know what, screw it. I'll just style it myself. It's fine. Mm. So, um, started doing those shoots. Um, she would kind of come up with the concepts of like, well, let's do like a menswear one. Let's do, um, yeah, I can't really remember all the ones that we did, but she started falling in love with styling and doing it like that. So it really just fell into place that we we're able to do these shoots for the magazine, but we were also doubling it as like, all right, what, what do we need for our portfolio too? Let's like get these <clears throat> girls and their boyfriends and like go out on a hike and have a bunch of fun and like do a shoot like that. And it's all denim. Mm -hmm. Let's do a story like that. And then let's, <clears throat> so different stories like that. Um, really trying to build the portfolio, like shooting for this magazine, but trying to also build the work that we wanted to, to shoot, you know? Mm. And um, so together, and I mean, really, if I hadn't met my wife, Luani, I would not be talking to you right now. There's <laughs> no way, yeah. you know, she has influenced my photography in more ways than anyone else has. That's you know, cool, if man. I, I don't even know where i'd be without her do you guys do you yeah. guys still like work together like on projects yeah so so well so sort of backtracking of how yeah. um i'll tell you the more of the story um so then we made um so yeah we were working for or working to build this magazine and then eventually the magazine we just realized that there's no there's no way this is going to happen yeah. this is let's just let's just shoot and submit photos to other magazines and do that. So then um, we still were collaborating a lot. And then from there, um, I got represented for photography. She got represented for styling. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we, I mean, I'm hitting the fast forward button real, yeah, real yeah. hard yeah, now. That's but fine. Yeah. But we really, yeah, we started working together a lot and got to do a bunch of campaigns together. And mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. We don't work as much together anymore. Yeah. She's kind of taking a step back from it, but yep. for the past four years, yeah, she's mm -hmm. she was my go-to. Yeah, that's smart. You kind of like started your own thing because I would imagine um, at that point most of your portfolio was probably just like skateboarding and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of totally. you yeah. you kind of knew like is this sounding the way you're talking? Like you kind of knew like you needed to create a new portfolio if you kind of wanted to jump into that like. Um, like different like realm of photography kind of did you kind of know you needed to make a new book like when you kind of started that yeah totally like when when the magazine went out of business I knew that I wanted to shoot other things and so really you know it, sometimes when people ask like how do you you know end up to I don't want to say to where I am but like doing it for a living or whatever it's like just mm -hmm. just figure out what you want to shoot, figure out the companies that you want to shoot for and the type of work that you want to do and just go and do it. You know, you want to work for Levi's? Cool. Go do a mock campaign for Levi's. If Levi's hired you and was like, whatever you want to do, go do it. 
what would you do? Yeah. And like, just build that work. And that's basically what we did. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that's really how, how that happened. Yeah. It's smart, man. Like, cause like all those companies, like they're looking for ideas all the time. So like, if, yeah. if you send them a good idea, like, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but they might hit you up for a yeah. job. Like it's happened to me. So it's like, I think as a photographer, especially if you're working freelance, it's so important just to kind of like create that work and just like put it out there because you never know who's going to like be into it. Like someone might publish it and whatnot. So it's like, uh, especially for me, like if I have slow times, it's like I'm always just trying to shoot new stuff like that because you never know where it can go and just kind of keep building on your portfolio, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Testing is so important. Yeah, definitely. So I guess like when you were, when you, after the magazine and stuff like that, like, how are you kind of initially like getting your work out there and marketing it to um, clients and stuff when you're kind of getting into the more like a uh, commercial world? Yeah. Um, so we struggled for probably about a year and a half, like big time, like rice and beans pouring any of the money that we made. Like I was still um, doing some things with skateboarding and she was still doing some things with the graphic design within the fashion industry. So we were able to kind of make ends meet sort of, yeah. but Marketing, um, you know, I was never terribly great at it. You know, I, I built a huge list. I sent out emails, but I, I have never done personally, um, like, a, you know, MailChimp, like, uh, you know, email promo blast type thing. I would just email people just and just have a link to my website and then maybe have like a little attachment that's like a little grid of like work that I think would be more geared towards them. That never got me any work yeah. at all. Um, but so I think it was just, I can't even remember how I was making money then. <laughs> I, I just don't think I was really. Um, there was this website that I, um, I forget what it was even called, but you could, I'm sure it's still around, but it's like a company would go on there like, we're looking for this kind of photographer, oh. like submit your work. And I did that. And I got a um, a job working one of my first like ad jobs working for um, this ad company out of Santa Monica, and they their client was Magic the Gathering. For anyone that is a Magic yeah. the Gathering fan, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that we photographed um, uh, just a bunch of people playing Magic in like uh, comic book stores, and then I went to the like World Championships and. Um, in new mexico with them too and this is the first time i ever hired an assistant um i really didn't know much about what i was doing but it just kind of faked it and and pretended like i did and that was in 2013 i think oh wow because you had you ever done did you ever did you ever get into like assisting like any other commercial photographers or anything like that or no i tried right when i moved out here i like emailed some people and i mean this is I don't want this to sound as it's going to, but I remember I emailed a couple of people and they said like, your work's good enough to just be shooting. So yeah. just do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a polite way of just telling me to fuck off or something, but <laughs> yeah. that always kind of stuck with, stuck with me. I was like, Oh, well maybe, you know, you start thinking, well, maybe my work is better than the people that are, maybe they are telling the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of did give me a little boost, but yeah. Um, no, I've never assisted in my life. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, you had the whole experience working at the skateboard magazine and shooting on your own and everything. Yeah. So it's like it's not like a necessity. I did it for a couple of years when I got out of school. Um, 
But honestly, yeah, you kind of just learn as you go. Every job you get, like, you just kind of keep building on it. Mm-hmm. It could be, like, a little editorial job, and then you kind of build into more commercial stuff. And, I mean, even, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm still learning on every job I get. <laughs> like, I still make some mistakes. Totally. Make some mistakes sometime, and then you kind of just realize you, you don't make those mistakes again, you know? Um, yeah, I learn from my assistants every single day that I'm, I'm working with them because they've been doing it. You know, some assistants that I work with have been, assisting for longer than I've been shooting. And so just the way that, you know, how they shape light or the tools that they use or whatever, I'm always like, what does that do? And now I feel like I actually have like a, a better grasp of it, but mm. I'm, I, I definitely do not claim to know all of it. And that's why I hire who I think are some of the best people mm-hmm. to kind of have my back. Yep. And then yeah. I guess what's, what kind of like attract you to like the fashion stuff. I, I know you shoot other stuff too. Um, was like, yeah. was like the fashion industry something you were interested in or what, what kind of drew you to starting to shoot that kind of work? Um, I guess twofold. One was my wife, you know, if, if my wife worked at a coffee shop, I don't think I would be shooting fashion. Mm. I was always like, I think fashion images have always been so beautiful and I love the way that the wit I love, you know, I'm not if if I tell someone that I shoot fashion, it's not Vogue. It's not that kind of fashion. It's not people in big dresses or anything like that. It's like sort of lifestyle fashion kind of yeah. stuff. It's not, it's nothing that like your stereotypical, like fashion, crazy, yeah, Annie Leibovitz type thing, you yeah, know? Definitely. Um, so I guess seeing those images like growing up has always like had an impact on me, just how beautiful they are and, well lit and it's the right moment and it's colored really well and it's retouched really well and it's just one place that you can go and get inspired by because there's a magazine dedicated to it and all of it looks beautiful you know mm. and so i think that's really where i i enjoyed looking at it and then meeting someone and marrying someone that actually knew what she was doing yeah. was such a big help you know because if i had to especially earlier on if i had to dress these models they it just would look terrible if i had to say what i think the makeup should be it just would look awful so she was really like my art director and like yeah i could light it and shoot it well but if if it if it was if i was shooting with anyone else none of it would have been the same yeah, you know definitely. she has that yeah. that caliber of taste that i think uh, not a lot of people have yeah i mean i've never done any fashion stuff myself um but yeah, looking at it, it definitely, you definitely need like a team with that type of work. It seems like because you need someone that knows how totally. to like style hair a certain way and like do makeup a certain mm-hmm. way, and then like even like stylize the set. So it's like it's a lot different than like if you were doing like this kind of normal like maybe like documentary stuff or whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot more involved with the, those kind of shoots. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. One thing I was gonna ask you is just kind of like looking at your website. Um, you do a lot of a lot of stuff, and like it's all really good. Um, like you do like your lifestyle stuff, the fashion, and then like you even have like some like sports stuff on there, kind of like training and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever feel like you needed to like? like create like a niche for yourself. Like, you know, like some people, they like only shoot sports and then there'll be like people that only shoot like, mm-hmm. food. Um, but you, I noticed that you kind of do a lot of stuff, which is, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like you need to kind of focus in on one area or is it you kind of like enjoy doing lots of different stuff and kind of keeping it interesting? Yeah, dude, it's a great question. Uh, that's something I think I battle with like mm. daily. I've become more confident in it now, but mm. I think kind of as you're starting out, 
and you're wondering why you're not getting hired and you're seeing these photographers that are getting hired and you know, you could definitely, if you saw their work, you could know it's theirs and you're wondering like, shit, should I just scrap shooting cars? Should I scrap shooting, um, you know, active stuff and just focus on this. And I've gone to meetings where, um, the art director that I was meeting with would, after he got done looking at my book and he's like, all right, so like, what do you shoot? Like, what do you enjoy shooting? And I could tell that he was asking me that because he wanted to go back to his computer and bookmark me in his preset organized bookmarks of photographers and put me into a folder. And he was kind of frustrated that I didn't fit into one folder. Mm. And so that used to bother me, but now it just doesn't anymore. Like I am just interested in a lot of different things and maybe in five years, I won't shoot cars anymore. And when I shoot cars, I'm not shooting like with the big rigs and, you know, the, the motion blur and all that, like I'm shooting the lifestyle of having a car. And so it kind of still ties into what I do. Yep. And I just love shooting so many different things. And I think I would just get bored if I mm. didn't, you know, but like, you know, I'm not shooting food. I'm not shooting. There's certain things that just, yeah, that don't interest me, but there's a lot that does. Yeah. And no, I think it all makes sense. I mean, looking at your website, like you, you definitely enjoy shooting people and, kind of like yeah all the lifestyle stuff and more of like a story behind it um but yeah it's like it's something i think about a lot too myself because like you said like people want to put you in a box um but Mm -hmm. i think i think it's like yeah you just gotta shoot the work you enjoy put it out there i mean definitely take Mm -hmm. take critique from some people for sure but uh yeah because just put it out there if you have a passion for it you never know what people are gonna think you know like like i interviewed frank yeah. i interviewed frank Ockenfels. i don't know if you know him Love frank yeah and i interviewed him i do i know him personally oh yeah. awesome yeah and he he said like he's like yeah man people go on my website and they're like what the hell do you do man because he shoots so much different stuff but it, <laughs> but it makes sense because yeah. you can tell he has a passion for it and uh yeah it's interesting um uh, but yeah that makes sense just keep shooting what you love and you know putting it out there you know yeah exactly and i think that's like everything on my website i enjoyed shooting there is nothing on there that if someone asked me to do it again i'd be like oh no i don't want to shoot that again like i didn't every time every image i enjoyed shooting i had fun shooting it and i would do it again tomorrow so those are like in the work that you know i get i i have jobs where i don't show anyone the images you know which is fine but this is the stuff that i want to keep shooting and that's what i'm gonna do you know yeah definitely i feel the same way like i don't want to put anything on my website unless i really like it like it's almost mm-hmm. I, I would say like 50 percent of the jobs i do maybe more i don't even end, end up on my website because it's like it's not that i don't yeah. like the photos but it's like like my website it feels like you just want to be be like super proud of like everything that's on there you know it's like it's like uh yeah i don't know just, i don't know that's yeah I'm totally thinking. and sometimes you know the work that the the jobs that you get the the creative is a little different than what you would normally shoot. So it's like not knocking any of the companies that hire me yep. that don't see their work on my website. Like it's nothing against you. It's just, mm-hmm. this is it just the work that I'm showing fits together the best, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. agree. And then I guess like looking back at all the projects you've worked on now, um, are there any like maybe assignments or jobs you've done that are like particularly like memorable to you either for like the experience or maybe you're just like super proud of oh, the man. photos? I mean, cause I know you've done. Um, yeah. The experience I would say working with this eyewear company called Etnia Barcelona and they're an eyewear company based out of Barcelona yep. and 
amazing people, amazing company. And, and I'm just doing a plug. Their glasses are top notch. So everyone should go get them. Um, but their, their creative, um, idea was they're going to have these collections of, um, you know, sunglasses and optical glasses, and they're going to be based off of cool neighborhoods all around the world. And so they hired me and we flew, where did we do? We went, we did Madrid, Barcelona, Paris, Milan, uh, Berlin, London, New York, and San Francisco. Wow. I think, am I missing any? I don't think so. But, and so we went to all these different neighborhoods all around the world. And it was just myself, my digital tech, Daniel, and, um, and a producer from the company, her name's Nada, and the creative director, his name is Adu. And so it was just the four of us. And so it would just be myself, Daniel, and Nada hanging out at a coffee shop while Adu is out looking for interesting people that we could ask if we could photograph them with the classes. And he would go up to people, you know, half would say no, the other half would say yes. And then we would just photograph them basically in the street. And um, if they chose the images, they would pay them $500. So if you go to my website and you click on the Barcelona stuff, all those people we just found on the street. Oh, and, um, oh wow, yeah. I would, I'm looking at it now. I, yeah. would, I would never think, it almost they look like models and stuff. You would never think it was just like random yeah. people on the street. Damn. Totally. Besides, actually, there's, there, there is a couple. I did like some more um, stage stuff for them where it's from for their collection called The Originals. Yep. And we photographed like just um, cool people in Barcelona that actually, like yeah. it's these twins that are chefs and then this DJ and then this yeah. um, jeweler. Yeah. most of them are just found on the street. No, that's really cool, man. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Like, there's, there's like yeah. a lady with a Nike SB sweatshirt, like older lady, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, what... that was. She looked so hip. I think she even had like a shoelace belt too. Yeah, no, it's this is of... really cool. Yeah, it's just kind of raw and this not so much production involved. It's just kind of clean. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. This kind of real people in a real environment. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really. cool. And they got the whole idea of the campaign off of uh, a portrait that I shot. Um, while I was in Spain for Thrasher with Bones. Um, wow. So they saw this. I wonder if that portrait... It's actually of Chris Haslam. Oh, wow. I don't even know if it's on my website anymore. I'm trying to find it. That's pretty cool. So um, they, they, did, they saw some of your skateboarding work and then contacted you for this campaign? Yeah, it was just a portrait that I shot of him, though. It was just like on a street. It looked exactly like the etnia stuff it was on a street it showed the majority of the street it was just him standing in this like cool little patch of light and uh they're like and when i got the job and we flew over there for the first time um i started photographing kind of you know a few different angles and everything i was like so what are you guys looking for like when we shoot this they're like no just that photo that you shot that's it (laughs) like waist up that's it and so it's like oh all right that okay (laughs) and so you just you just kind of tweak the the person that you're photographing, whether it's like chin up or look over here or look over there or whatever. So, yeah, that's cool. man. I think that's probably the coolest experience of, um, of a job that I've done. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And then, um, and then I was looking at your website. You have a, I I think it might be a new thing you're doing. I noticed it. I saw it on Instagram, but it's called your personal Mm -hmm. weekly. Um, what it's, it's his personal weekly on your website. It's almost like a little blog photo kind of deal. Um, yeah. Is that something you've been doing for a while? It looks like it's just, what is it, this kind of random photos you take every week and you kind of post them up there? 
Exactly. So last year, um, in the beginning of 2017, yeah, 2017, um, well, actually, at the end of 2016, I wanted to start a project. Um, I think maybe work was kind of slowing down, and I wanted to just do something. And I used to be on an agency with Frank. And so Frank and I sort of knew each other, and we had met uh, Frank Ockenfeld. And so my rep, who's still my rep, and she was with the older agency, and now she started her own own agency. Um, She's like, well, why don't you reach out to Frank? Like, you know, he's he's liked your work. He's, um, you know, told me that he likes how, how I've grown as a photographer because he's seen it from right when I got represented, you know? And so um, he was gracious enough to take the time. And I went over to his house and we talked about just personal projects and talked about photography in general and yeah. saw his studio, met his wife, met his kids. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think that the idea came from him directly, but I, I forget, it was just kind of more of a boost to like, yeah, start something, mm-hmm. anything, you know? And, um, and my wife got me a Fuji X pro two, um, for Christmas that year. And I, um, and then I started carrying that around with me every, like every single day and just kind of thought to do a project that I would just post the, my favorite photos of that week onto my website and then delete them the next week and post the new one. And I kind of liked that, like, um, you know, sort of snapchattiness of it that yeah. you know temporary you know wow that's cool um, that's cool so, so like the photos that i'm looking at here is like a photo looks like your wife's like bowling so these are from last week yeah wow that's yeah. really that, that was from yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah that's maybe really, i should state that more clear i guess <laughs> yeah you shouldn't actually that's a cool idea man because it almost creates a demand because people kind of look forward to like uh uh Oh, I gotta log in see what Aaron was doing last week. <laughs> It'd be like, oh yeah, yeah he totally. Had a, he had a he had a fun week, or it's like, oh, Aaron's just sitting around the house or something. Oh, dude, totally. <laughs> yeah, no. There's that... been there's been those weeks that like <laughs> there's only like a couple photos, and may, mostly it's because I'm busy. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. Um, that's really cool, man. It's almost you feel like it's pretty important. It's kind of. I mean, you get you can get busy with all those commercial jobs and stuff. But you think it's just important to, as a photographer to kind of step back and just kind of shoot photos for fun? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's just something that, like, I don't know. It, it was just, it's just really. I never really liked phone photos. I, I just, I think it's just from shooting a normal camera, you kind of get used to the caliber that you're used to, and also like how I edit photos. Yeah. It just, I hate looking at my phone and like going to the Bosco app and like doing all this stuff. It like just doesn't, I can't do it as fast as I can do it on my computer. Mm. So just shooting with a normal camera, just even though like my phone's with me everywhere I go, I started bringing my camera with me and just photographing just my life each week has been so fun and challenging because like I made a little book about it and I kind of wrote about the project. And it was, it's been really interesting to notice like how light, like really seasonal light changes, like, mm. and notice all the things around, cause the majority of the photos are from me walking my dog around my neighborhood. Yeah. That's normally where most of them come from nice. and, and seeing, you know, the same car every single day and then noticing, Oh, at 3 PM. Oh, it looks great. And then in the morning it looks like shit or yeah. at, you know, 3 PM in the winter, it's, 
unbelievable, but 3 p.m. in the <laughs> summer or, you know, the light in the summer is different than the light in the winter and how it, yeah. I don't know, you just start noticing so many different things and just, yeah, you just keep training. I don't know, I feel like it shaped, yeah. yeah, exactly. It really shaped my, because I want, each week I want to have like a big personal week. I want to like be stoked yeah. on the images that I put out. Right now, I don't know what I'm going to do now that my ankles rolled and I'm just going to be inside icing it all week, but yep. it's like, um, like being able to like gather up all these things and I want to just put them out. I don't know. It's like, I, I like yearn to like capture, uh, more of these. And like, I feel like it's it, photos. Sometimes I feel like are like, I don't know how to explain this. I don't think I've ever actually verbalized this, but it's like tokens. Like if I see a cool like shadow on a wall or something, I want to photograph it because I want to have that yeah, yeah. photo, you yeah, know? Definitely. And so I want, to like have all these different things, you know, mm. I don't, I don't know if that makes any no, sense. No, that makes sense. That's kind of how it, yeah. And then you can always just kind of like, weekly. yeah, it's like, I mean, photography, I always look at it. It's like, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's like a muscle. You got to keep working at it and yeah. just keep building at it. Mm -hmm. and you keep training your eye. And then all those old photos, I mean, obviously you'll take, you might take them down from your website, but you can kind of reference them later and it kind of can like uh, trigger something for like a new project or something, you know? So you kind of just keep building on it. Um, uh, Oh, dude, and now I've I've actually started putting some into, like, my lifestyle section. Mm. Like, now almost half of them are, eh, maybe a little less, but are from my personal week, like, majority of them are of my wife. But now, mm. which has been cool because now I'll, I'll get, you know, brief some clients or whatever, like, their mood boards, and the half of it will be my personal weekly that I didn't just delete and never put up. Yeah. I just kind of added it to my lifestyle. I kind of trickled it in there. Yeah. And, um, and then like Google bought one photo of my wife and I and our dog Damn. recently. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's just, and it's really fun to just look back at like a year of your life, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. That, that's, so, a, that's the exciting yeah. thing about photography is like, uh, I was saying this with somebody I was talking to is like, you could take a photo today that really doesn't mean anything to you. It could be real insignificant, mm -hmm. but in like 15 years, you'd be like looking at you like it could mean completely different. You know, it's just like a time in your life yeah. and it, it has like a different, it's weird how in time uh, the value of your photo could just change, you know, what it means to you and totally. what, what it is. That's kind of an interesting thing about photography, at least for yeah, me. Yeah. I would recommend everyone. I mean, you could do it with your phone if you want to, but just like, keep taking photos of your life. And I wish that I did that when I was younger, because mm. I kind of like how I stated earlier, like I was just photographing the pinnacle moment, you know, yeah. of that, that skate trick or whatever. But like, I don't have a ton of photos of like what my friends did every single day or like the yeah. skate park that I skated every day. I don't even have a photo of that. And like, I don't know, just yeah. everyone should do a project like the personal weekly of just being able to like, you know, get those, all those tokens that are around yeah. everywhere yeah. that you want to remember, just capture it and be like, cool, I've got that saved. I'll have that, yeah. you know, that scenery or that moment. Yeah. For the rest of my life. No, that makes sense. I think, cause like being a commercial photographer, especially when like you're, you're trying to make money and like you're trying to make a living off it. You can get bogged down with like mm -hmm. feeling like everything needs to be like this polished, like perfect thing, like this big production. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's definitely cool. You kind of started that project, man. I, I got, I got to, yeah. I'm going to try it, man. Now you, now you got me pumped on it. I got to, I, I got to try that this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say do it with a camera that you don't shoot with commercially. Okay. Cause the last thing you want to do is lug around your Canon one DX Mark two. Yep. 
around like while you're walking your dog, you know, mm-hmm. get Definitely. something small, so you do it with your phone if you're, you know, able to use that yeah. properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I don't know. And then I, one thing I was gonna ask you, I know you mentioned um, with your rep and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, do you feel it's been pretty beneficial for your career to have a rep? And um, how did you kind of de- totally. how did you kind of decide um, the person to partner with? Uh, how did you kind of yeah make that jump? It's a great story. So, um, so kind of backtracking to when you know magazine went out of business. Wife and I started working together, building all this work that we wanted to do. My wife designed a new logo for me, and like I redid my website, like just fully revamped everything. And then um, a buddy of mine, a photographer, John Michael Fulton, we bike together sometimes. Nice. Um, We, um, so he told me about this, um, what was it? It was like a photo event. And um, and he's like, yeah, it's a portfolio review. I think there's reps there. There's um, art directors. There's all these different people there. And he's like, you should go. Like, I'm going to go. He Mm. wasn't able to make it, but I went. And, um, and so all I wanted to do was just show, get, show someone, you know, the new logo, the new website, like just, I, you know, everything was new. And I just want, yeah. And I just, I really just wanted feedback. I wasn't going into this being like, I'm going to get represented. I'm going to get this big ad job. I just wanted feedback. Mm -hmm. And so as a, you know, big group of people and the moderators like, all right, go and like, just go to a table. And so you just, walk to a table and there's no one there. There's no sign saying like what it is yeah. or like, who's going to be there. I just ended up going to a table. And so then you're with, you know, five or maybe eight different artists and they all start talking about their work to this moderator. And the work was, I mean, you know, not talking down on them, but it was just awful. Okay. Like there was a guy that like drew, you know, drew little drawings on the bus while he was like, yeah. it's like, it was people that had no business and being there. And then it was also like doctors who like bought a Leica and like oh, want to, wow. you know, shoot nudes or whatever, you know, it's just like, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it was just a group that I was in, but it just was like, Oh, this is awful. Like yeah. I have nothing to say to you guys. Like, because you know, sometimes you, I don't know. I feel like an asshole right now. No, but, no, no. That makes sense. You, and, <clears throat> yeah. It just, nothing was, I wasn't inspired by anything I was saying, which whatever, maybe personal preference, but, and then the moderator was like, yeah, I'm just a graphic designer. So like, I really have, and that was the thing too. Like it wasn't just photography. It was like anyone, art in general. So, um, so he's like, yeah, I'm just a graphic designer. I don't really know what to say to you. And I was like, okay, that sucked. (laughs) Um, so I grabbed one of the moderators, like one of the guys throwing the event. And, um, I was like, Hey, like I knew for sure that I was going to be able to show my work to like everyone else, like, you know, the agent, the art director and all this. Mm. I just didn't want to be in that group again. Cause I didn't want to hear, you know, the same story of you drawing this drawing on the bus. Like I just, I wanted to be around photographers. I wanted to be around art that inspired me. Yeah. And so I just wanted to change groups. He's like, Oh no, this is it. And I was like, wait, like uh, th- that's it. Literally. <laughs> like I don't even get to meet with any of these other people. Yeah. He's like, no, that's it. And I was like, dude, please like just anyone it yeah. just i just want to show my work to anyone just to get feedback yeah he was like ah all right he's like laura and it's like laura was just walking by he's like hey and she had the same experience that i did and laura's my rep now mm. she had the same experience just these people like you know that have no business ever becoming a professional photographer yeah. and she's trying to give them critiques 
And so she's flustered too. And he's, and she's, or the moderator was like, Hey, can you look at his work? He had a bad review. And in her head, she tells it, she's like, Oh, I'm sure he did. Probably because his work is shit. <laughs> and, and she's like, uh, yeah, all right, fine. I'll look at his work. Yeah. And so I show her the work. I think I had a book. I had an iPad that my mom gave me because it fell off the roof of her car and was cracked. <laughs> so I had gaff tape on the side of it. And so I like have all this stuff and you know, it's, it's, you know, I was trying really hard, but it's like, you're starting out. So you're, you have the cracked iPad, you know, but I was in like a suit that I had that like I dressed down and like kind of looked, looked professional. I didn't show up in my like, jeans and a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, but I didn't show up in a suit and tie. Yeah. I, the difference yeah and um so she tells the story that um that she starts looking through it and flipping through it and everything and she starts turning basically the work away from everyone like kind of more going into a corner so no one else could see it because <laughs> she was like oh shit this it's is mine. good and there were other yeah there are other agents there and there are other people there and so she wanted to just hide it yeah and yeah. so she's like you should come in for a meeting and the <laughs> crazy thing about this is that the next day so she was with so her name's Laura, and she was with this agency called iFord, who uh, who Frank is represented by. Carol LaFluffy yep. created that agency, mm -hmm. and so Laura worked worked with Carol. Carol was telling Laura, "Hey, you should sign a photographer. Like it's you know, um, it's your time. Like you can take someone, like find someone, and you know, really bring them up. You know, like grow with them." And so she was searching, 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 found this girl that she liked, like for the most part, but she just, I don't know, there's something missing there or something like that. And the next day she was going to call this girl and tell her, Hey, I want to represent you. Um, and so then I met her the night before and she, so she goes to work the next day, tells Carol, no, I'm not calling that girl. I found him. <laughs> oh, I man. found him yesterday. Damn. And she showed, um, her, my work. And then like to Laura or to Carol's credit, Carol was like, are you sure? This is a guy yeah. because I mean, majority, like I hadn't worked for anyone. Yeah. I had never done an ad job. I had never, you know, there's obvious red flags for someone of, you know, and the majority of skateboarding or like a good portion of it. So, yep. you know, she was being very hesitant because it is her agency. Like, are you sure this is the person? Yeah. And, you know, Laura, I don't know why she did, but she knew it was. So I went in, met with them, met with them a couple more times and became represented in, 2014 yep. yeah i think 2014 mm. and um and people ask like yeah does make getting a rep just changes it right away no no it takes a full year if not more until you even get a job yep. you know like thinking that reps just have all these jobs that are they just have and they just give them to you yep. is not true whatsoever so basically you almost have to start over mm -hmm. is because now now that you're represented she needs to get your work out to everyone that she knows. So it's just as started from the ground up. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, and it's a marathon. Yeah, it is. And what's funny is that it's it, like, it took about a year to get like my first like actual paying job. But within the first like week or two, um, I worked for Quicksilver, like somehow, I don't know how she got it, but, um, and I think, you know, the, the, the director that was doing the motion side of it was a director that I knew. He didn't know that I was going to be on it, and I didn't know he was going to be on it. But it was Greg Hunt who made, like, the band's video and stuff. Oh, wow. But, 
so it was, you know, I guess it, it would have been a good fit anyways. Yeah. So she got super stoked, like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Like, got him Quicksilver, blah, blah, blah. So we're for Quicksilver. Photos never come out because the company goes out of business. Yeah. Like, pretty much right after we start working for Damn, them. Yeah, this, keep, this keeps, happen, that keeps happening to you with this I game. I know, <laughs> dude. I shot the last S ad. Wow. Um, I think there's other things that I've done that I've just closed out <laughs> things somehow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then um, the first ad job was for the shoe company that um that we still shoot for it's um it's a kind of an umbrella company uh called waco and they own four shine shoes nunbush and stacy adams okay and they reached out to laura to see if we would bid for this job i had no i had never hired an assistant i mean i had hired an assistant on that magic the gathering thing but that i don't even count that as really yeah, advertising different um this is never worked with an assistant, never really got that much gear before, never had a digital tech, like never worked with an art director and a client, never really shot tethered at this point. Like yeah. so many firsts. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's yeah good. and it's that good digital can, tech yeah. that, yeah. Oh, will you continue? Yeah. Will I was just going to say that's good. You kind of had someone to partner with who probably had more experience with like within the commercial world. She can kind of give you some tips. I would imagine this kind of hand, Dude, how to handle totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that smart. Yeah, she's she's been able to help steer my career in ways that mm. yeah, I can't even explain. She's definitely like a huge partner. You know, she's yeah. I I wouldn't just like I wouldn't be here without my wife. I wouldn't be here without her as well. Like she puts in so much effort. Like I sometimes I talk to other photographers and about their agents and you know like how is your agent like like tell me about them and just the stuff that either their agent does or doesn't do or different things like that i'm just like jesus like this sounds awful like laura i can get her on the phone at any time of the day Mm. i can you know she she looks over treatment she's like Mm. an integral part in my um in my career and i think that if i was with anyone else i don't think i would have that like um trust the personal touch that that she has that yeah that she is willing to help me with those things that like you know like she checks all the spelling and the grammar in my <laughs> yeah. treatments because i'm terrible at it you know like those kind of things that like kind of yeah. goes above and beyond sort of the job description yeah no man that stuff matters so, man you gotta dot those i's cross those yeah. t's um exactly yeah no yeah. that's awesome though man um but i guess just to kind of wrap up like um being that you've been doing this for a while now like, what do you think the keys are to, like, running, like, a successful commercial photography business? Um, is there any, like, like things you kind of – or keys that you kind of apply to your business, you think? Yeah. Um, man. Uh, it's funny because I still feel like I'm still coming up, you yeah. know? Like, I, I definitely don't feel like I've reached the point where I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Um, it's still, like, a, a work in progress. Definitely. And um, – but I feel like I know there's a bunch of things, but one of them being shoot the work that you want to shoot. You know, like, like I said earlier, like if you want to work for Levi's, go and do a shoot. Like don't, you don't have to pitch it to them necessarily, but like go and do a shoot. If like I did this shoot in um, like my, for a car, well, I did a, um, like if BMW hired me to shoot their car and I could do whatever I wanted, what would I do? And so I came up with this idea of like shooting an electric car, but shooting it all with film. So then it's kind of 
you know, uh, it's um, the juxtaposition of this new tech with this old tech. Yeah. And um, so just doing shoots like that, like constantly be shooting for yourself is I think the most important thing. It's something that I always have to keep telling myself too, because mm-hmm. there's times where I'm like, I'll have a week off and be like, Oh, well, you know, now I'll just, you know, make sure everything's backed up and like clear out the computer and like do all those like little office work type things when yeah. I really feel like I should just be, constantly shooting so it's like constantly building new work is so important and i feel like just how you are on set like i have a lot of repeat clients because i you know i respect them on set we have a good time on set and we get the job done it's like i feel like i run my sets like they're fun but they're also very professional yeah like we get the job done but we have fun doing it like no one's just dicking around or anything and um so i think that's something that clients have noticed um and you know and you know i'm i'm not the photographer that if someone's like can you shoot it this way and be like no that's stupid yeah and you know it's it's not my way or the highway like it's it's a collaboration and i'm happy to shoot like you you want that sure yeah. here check it out this is it and and then i could say well i think you know alternatively maybe we could shoot it like this and then it you know because obviously i have the photographic eye but they know what they're looking for. And yeah. so it's like this dance that you have to kind of give them what they want, but then show them, you know, Frank has talked about it yeah. and, you know, give them the safe bet and then do something completely different yeah. to show them like something else, you yeah, know? Definitely. And so I think that's maybe two of the keys to why I can still pay my rent. Yeah. You know? Nah, that's cool, man. Yeah. And then I guess this kind of going forward, um, do you kind of have any goals for your photography in the future? Maybe something you want to pursue in particular? Yeah, um, I think I'd want to move more into directing. Okay, Um, motion stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're starting to do it more, um, and there's some projects that I've worked on that aren't out yet that have motion aspects to it, and I really like that, and I think it's interesting, you know, listening to your podcast and listening to these other photographers that, the ones that have talked about motion, and then the ones that say, like, I love operating like i want to be holding the camera i feel i forget who said that but uh gary they want to hold the camera they feel weird yeah did you listen to gary land i interviewed him and he does a ton of directing yeah yeah he's a good guy. yeah 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 so i don't have that i don't want to touch the motion camera i like i don't know it i wouldn't know what to do with it It, motion just the technical aspects of it are so much different oh yeah than than just normal photography i want to look at the screen and it's it's the type of, it's so much different than photographing because when I have my, you know, the camera to my eye, I got to think about a thousand different things and also direct the talent. And sometimes it's, it's hard, you know, and, and then directing, you're just going to look at the shot and you just get to interact with the talent. And I think just that that's so different and exciting for me. And I feel like I can, I could push things further than if I just had to shoot it, you know? And so, no, it makes Directing sense. is something that we want to do. Yeah. And actually, my wife and I want to start um, doing it together because oh. she comes yeah. from, you know, the creative, you know, she was the main creative behind so much of my work, you know, and she loves motion as well. Mm-hmm. And so we were just talking one day like, wait, why don't we just do this together? Because we've always liked working together, mm-hmm. but sometimes clients have a stylist that they use or, or whatever, you know, but this is it would be just us and there's almost no separating it, you know? Mm. So 
Yeah, I what, think that's um, yeah. What do you that's think? The big thing. What do you think about motion? What What is it that kind of attracts you to it? What do you kind of enjoy about it? Because it is like a different beast. It's like, I think to like do it correctly, you do need like a team of people. It's like how you said, like you you're, you you want to direct the talent, and then it's basically surrounding yourself with people that can each execute their job, like their specific like technical expertise on everything. It's definitely such a different beast. But what do you think you enjoy about it? Yeah, um, I think it's this i don't want to say storytelling because i don't it's sometimes people refer to themselves as photographers as like storytellers and they tell this story and all this and i i feel like i'm not that mm. i i don't know i just i don't feel like that but as directing it, it you are telling stories you have to you have to tell somewhat of a narrative like a beginning middle and end and with directing it's and i don't i have no interest in directing like a short film or you know a movie or anything like that. Yeah. I want to direct like cool commercials. I want to direct these like one, maybe two minute long things mm -hmm. that I could sit through and watch. Yeah. And it's, I think it's coming from, you know, skateboarding and growing up watching skate videos. And like, you know, my best friend was, is a filmer. So I grew up with all the footage on my computer and editing it and like editing it to music and all, and like being just exposed to that at such an early age, I think, made such an impact on me. So I love motion and be able to, I don't edit too much, but just be able to create those moments that I felt like when I was a kid, when like the skating, like hit the beat and yeah. just those types of things that it really just, it moved me when I was a kid. And I feel like motion can move you. Stills are amazing. I love photography, but motion can really move someone because there's so much more yeah. sensory uh, experience, and music, you know, music and everything it's uh yeah yeah no that's cool man well uh yeah aaron i just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here man it was definitely a real pleasure getting to talk to you i'm glad we connected um but yeah, uh thanks for having me yeah, really appreciate it yeah definitely i guess for people that are going to listen to this um where's the best place for them to check out your work go to my website um it's asmith.photography there's okay. no dot com or anything i think that's known to people out okay. i have an instagram I hate Instagram. It might be because I care too much about it. And so I don't post a lot on there. I do more stories on Instagram, like the personal weekly stuff. Mm -hmm. But my website's really where I dedicate the majority of my time updating and making sure everything's on there right. Instagram is... Yeah. <sighs> That's cool, man. Well, I'll, I'll, link, I'll link it on here and I'll, I'll make a note of your personal weekly and people can go follow that because it's a cool thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks. Maybe for, I'll, I'll put a note in the in the personal weekly now to yeah, you should clear up what it actually is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was used to yeah. read it every week, but now that I know, I'm definitely gonna check that out every week. Um, but yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes you get into your own head thinking that everyone understands what's going on, and yeah. you know, yeah, not a lot of people do. No, nah, I get it, man. But yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. And uh, yeah, I guess we can just cut it there. Um, cool. Yeah, Thank you so much, man. So there you have it. That was the Aaron Smith interview. I want to thank Aaron so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work and experience. I really enjoyed talking to him about his uh, days working at Skateboarder Magazine and all the new work he's doing with his motion work. And uh, yeah, definitely go check out Aaron's website at asmith.photography. He's got a lot of cool work up there and also his uh, personal weekly photo blog is really interesting he updates it every sunday with new photos that he kind of took during the week so definitely go check that out 
And uh, yeah, going forward, just want to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.